Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, November 28th. Make originality your philosophy of life, not in the sense of trying to be different, but rather of being true to your origin in God. Originality in this sense doesn't mean doing something that has never been done before. It means developing your own perception of the truth. The same thoughts may have occurred already to millions of people, but if the thoughts rise with fresh energy from soul consciousness, they will never grow stale. How many lovers through the ages have exclaimed, I love you. Yet when the words were spoken sincerely, they never paled. Isn't that just wonderful? Every part of that. Um, being of, quote, an artistic temperament myself and having striven to do things artistically, and my primary focus has become writing, speaking, but nonetheless, the whole idea of Creative, creative self-expression has always been, well, it's just in my DNA. It's the way that I'm made. And in a very interesting way, a Master's path, Yogananda's path, and Swami Kriyananda's ray of that path, because Paramahansa Yogananda with Autobiography of a Yogi is really one of the, the towering spiritual influences of our age, the whole uh, renaissance of spirituality as a, a progression, I would say, from religion, um, has been really a, a major catalyst for, for that, has been Autobiography of a Yogi. And Yogananda's presence continues to be an inspiring force. He moves, fortunately, in a cohort, cohort of great spiritual teachers of our time, but there's just been this whole revolution since that book was published in 1946 and everything else that's followed from it. But there are characteristics about that ray, this ray, that have been brought to this world. Um, and this is global. Yogananda's book has been translated into like 30 languages and millions, literally millions of copies have been sold. And it's very interesting, and I'll just finish this thought. Almost anyone who is operating um, outside the mainstream, so to speak, in terms of bringing increased light and increased spiritual awareness to this world, outside the existing structures, moving into innovative structures. We used to call it the New Age back when it first started. I mean, it's been quite a while since then, 19, the 60s. But almost every one of them has read Autobiography of a Yogi. It's really fascinating because over you know, many decades of this, I've been in many different forums and Swami Kriyananda also. How many people in this audience, he would say, have read Autobiography of a Yogi? 95% of the people. And many, many people would say it catalyzed, it was, it was the, the turning point in my own personal spiritual search. I'm not saying this for any chauvinistic reason. It's just very interesting. You know, it's interesting to sort of chart the way these flows go. And now there's a characteristic about um, Yogananda, which is distinct from a lot of other spiritual masters, not distinct from all of them by any means, but he was also a creative artist. He, he wrote poetry, he wrote music, he, again, he's not the only one who ever did, but he was a part of that. 
And one of the threads that Swami Kriyananda, as his direct disciple and as the, the, the divine force for Yogananda's, the instrument through which Yogananda worked in this world, has been Swami Kriyananda. And he has been um, almost like the definition of him as a creative artist. Uh, 400, and 400 pieces of music, almost 200 of them songs with poetic lyrics as well. Um, 150 books. I mean, that's just like, I mean, some of them are small, but nonetheless, they're distinct in, in and of themselves. And uh, he was a photographer and he did architecture. Not Those were very peripheral music and words were really his primary art. But, but part of what he expressed is how to be original and, and to make your life a work of art. It, it goes beyond that into, if you, if you have the inclination and the talent, to take your originality and, and give it some form through some medium, some artistic medium, whatever that might be. But, what, but the real creative self-expression that Swamiji has presented to us is that we do everything from our point of origin. And he's talked a lot about creativity and, and the word which he describes here, what is actually original. And it's, it's very hard to be original if you're reactive. So the idea, I'm going to be different, everybody's art is beautiful, mine's going to be ugly, people's art is hopeful, mine is going to be depressing, you know, everybody's face is re- art is representational, mine is going to be fractured. If, if it's just, I don't want to be like that, we're still operating completely. We're, we're still controlled from the outside. So what, what Swamiji, his, his fundamental message about creativity, and then it can go to art after that, but let's just talk about creativity. And when we're talking about creativity, we mean to be creative, not imitative, in the way we live our own lives. And there's just, there's just many, many dimensions of that where imitative is just, we don't even know that we're being imitative. Um, There's been discussion in this book, and I've certainly experienced it in my life, what we wear, the dress that we wear, our our taste in music, um, just whatever it might be, our idea of of what manners should be, what's appropriate for a wedding, how we should conduct a dinner party. So much of what we do is imitative. It's just sort of set up around us, and then we just follow it. But I'm saying to just react against that is not to be original. It's still to be controlled from the outside. The way to be original is this exquisite definition that Swami gives, which I encourage you to really meditate on very deeply. To be original is to act in life from your point of origin. And we all need to live creatively in this sense, which is society as a whole is based on a delusion. We do not live in an age in which people understand that God-realization is the goal of life. Um, among the projects that Swamiji initiated and that others of us have helped to carry on is the establishment of schools for children based on uh, what he named the education for life method. So when for the uh, almost 30 years ago here in Palo Alto, Ananda, where I live, we, we founded a K-8 through school and in the last five years we've also de- taken that up through 12th grade. And when we were developing that school and having to persuade parents, you know, to say, it was actually, the beginning was really fun. We had, we were deeply blessed to have a master teacher. 
when we started. Her name, her name is Barbara Rabin. She was a master teacher. She was a devotee of master, is a devotee of master. She was a godsend. There would be, there would be no Ananda school in Palo Alto if it hadn't been for her. And she was so good, she alone, by her magnetism, could persuade... Well, the children loved her. So once the children met her, they wanted to be in her class. That helped. But we had to explain to parents that you need to give your children to our school. And, oh yeah, you're right. We don't have a school unless you give your children to us. And, you know, parents were naturally a little reluctant. And fortunately, because of Barbara's presence, we were able to get over that hump. And then once there was something there, it demonstrated itself. But having to give what you might call the elevator speech about what it meant, what, what we were doing, it was, it was pretty simple and I didn't hold back because there was no point. If self-realization is the goal of life, and I, I mean self-realization is self-mastery. It's, it's not, yes, it, it, it leads to the idea of God and Guru and Kriya Yoga, but the concept of self-realization is that life is an experience of ever-expanding awareness. And, and it is, if you think about it. Life is an experience of ever-expanding awareness. I mean, you start when the baby doesn't even speak English and can't walk on two feet and can't find its mouth with a spoon and discovers that the toes that it's chewing on are actually part of its own body, you know, and just learns everything that we learn is a lack of awareness and a growing awareness. As, as we get into adolescence and, and maturity and young and older adulthood, Think about it. What is progress? Progress is an ever-expanding awareness, whether that's of a skill set, of how to get along with people, of what does or doesn't work. You know that if I run a big debt up on my credit card, I'm going to have to pay it off. I mean, that's an actual awareness that people have to come to. Everything. So then the question is, is there any limit to the capacity to expand our awareness? And this is where the teaching of self-realization comes in, and Master's actual answer it, is there any end to evolution? And he didn't mean, you know, apes into man. He meant the, ev- the, the evolution of consciousness, the expansion of consciousness for the individual. He said, no, you know, it ends in endlessness, which is to say infinity. There is no limit to the potential for us to expand our awareness. So I described our education for life as if Self-realization is the goal in life. How should we educate children? If the goal is to make it into that top Ivy League school so you can then go to the business school so that you can then get the job so you can then get the money, well, you'll educate them some way. If ever expanding self-awareness, which includes awareness of the meaning of life and who I am and where happiness comes from and what is my relationship to the greater reality, they also need to be able to read and write and think and do science experiments and find their passions and develop their intellect. But not only that. Awareness has to be expanded in every respect. And the most fundamental awareness we need is, who am I? And why was I born? And who am I leads us away from imitative. Am I just here? To just look at the magazines and figure out who I'm supposed to be? Is that who I am? Or, and, you know, and last year, this is how I was supposed to look, and this, is year, this year is, is how I'm supposed to look. I discovered something 
can't, I don't know what they call it, when your hair is short in the front and long in the back. I, I, I want to call it a matlock, but that's not a, a mullet. Mullet. That's what, is that for, named after a fish? I'm not really sure. But there was a time, and I actually really liked that haircut. That was one of the best haircuts on me. <laughs> and I would have kept it up, but then people started telling me. People started saying with scornful words, mullet. And it's like, what the heck, you know? But it's like stuff like that. Is that who I am? Or do I have a deeper reality than just my haircut and whether or not it's fashionable? I mean, that's a ridiculous example, but a ridiculous example makes the point. Because in countless ways that are not even slightly ridiculous, we are just imitating the flow around us, and that flow is ignorant, with all due respect. I'm sorry, but it is. Our society is not enlightened. It's getting better, but it's not enlightened. And if enlightenment is our goal, we have to find our point of origin. And I love the way Swami says it here. You know, even if millions of other people have had the same thought, when I learn it for the first time, when you learn it for the first time, it's thrilling. And it just, it just changes, changes my whole vibration because now it's mine. Now I myself have expanded my awareness to the point where this isn't just something I heard somebody say. This isn't a dogma that I'm afraid to violate. This is me. I really know this. And, and when you then even just, you know, cook dinner, sit down with a friend to have coffee, what to speak of, write a book or a sonata or play your trumpet or paint a beautiful picture. It comes out of what I really know. And then it has power. And that's what Swami says. Make originality your philosophy in the sense... It, and see, there's two sides to this. You, you can't make originality your, your philosophy if you have not dedicated yourself to finding your point of origin. And, and just because it comes from inside of me, there's a whole lot of stuff going on inside of us. We're motivated by a lot of things that are, that are very distant from our point of divine origin, from the real answer to who am I. And there's, this is not the primary practice of Master's teaching, who am I, but who am I is, is a whole spiritual path. And, and there, are, there are great teachers whose primary practice is who am I? If one just asks that question over and over again and is, is not satisfied with the superficial answer, but keep increasing your awareness, then you gradually move from imitative to your own point of origin so that everything that you do has that mark of tremendous originality. This is authenticity in, in the deepest meaning of the word just profoundly so. And then, as Swami says, you can use the same words and the same images that thousands of millions of people have used before you, but everybody who hears it and looks at it and feels it will feel that whatever, you, whatever it may appear to be, it is a tunnel into unique um, individual divine creativity. Deeply satisfying for self joyful and uplifting for everyone around you. Swamiji says, Make originality your philosophy of life, not in the sense of trying to be different, 
but rather of being true to your origin in God. Originality in this sense doesn't mean doing something that has never been done before. It means developing your own perception of the truth. The same thoughts may have occurred already to millions of people, but if the thoughts rise from fresh energy, with fresh energy from soul consciousness, they will never grow stale. How many lovers through the ages have exclaimed, I love you, yet when the words were spoken sincerely, they never paled. God bless you. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.